Ladies, how's it going? Welcome back to the Thrillers by the Book Club podcast. Hi, everyone. Hope you are having a wonderful week. How are you doing today, Chelsea? Oh, I'm okay. Okay, so being, I mean, going around on this scooter, it seems like <laughs> it would make things easier, but it really takes it out of you. Like, my other not crippled leg is very tired. <laughs> Because you're, like, having to, like, scoot yourself around. <laughs> yes. And it's just, like, throwing me off. My balance is weird. It's – it has been nice because I've been able to work remotely. So that has been super oh, yeah. nice. That is but so even, helpful. It is. But even just going to the kitchen, I'm like, do I really need to drink water? No, that's too much work. <laughs> like, absolutely not going to walk over there. It's okay. I will just be dehydrated. It's fine. Right. Especially because, like, there's a lot of corners in my house. And so maneuvering around <laughs> I was not made for this. It's too much work. It's like, is it like parallel parking? Like where it's just like a huge pain in the ass? Okay. Funny story about parallel parking. So I was, I want to say probably like 19 and there was this guy that I was trying to impress and we were driving somewhere and there was only a parallel parking spot and I'm like, I got this. I literally, it took me eight turns to get into that spot <laughs> eight turns and at the I end was I was very impressed at the end I just stared at him and I was like well it's been fun bye <laughs> <laughs> like, like clearly this was my best foot forward great that was great. as good as I could do he thought it was hilarious but I was like yeah no I'm not feeling this anymore <laughs> yeah, like it's so stressful it is so stressful to parallel park when other people are with you unless they're like really chill about it but even so even then it's like oh my god uh like don't look at me while I'm doing this yes and then agreed. the cars that are like waiting that's even more embarrassing like oh my god oh my goodness <laughs> I totally I agree and I have not gotten better my husband and I were in Hawaii like in last year and there was I was driving there was only a parallel parking spot I tried so many times to park that I eventually got embarrassed and just drove away because I couldn't do it I have done that too like Seattle so we are like in so I don't I don't know where exactly you are but I know like LA and in Phoenix and stuff there's a lot of like you're pulling into parking spots more often than you're doing yeah. the, the um, parallel parking but Seattle yeah. is like a ton of parallel parking. So when I first moved here, I was like, oh my God, nope, 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 like super scared. And so it'll still happen now. Sometimes I'll go to parallel park and if there's a car waiting, I'll just, nope, can't, never mind. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll go around the block. Yeah, yeah I'll just try trying. And I can only do it one way. So like, I think I can only do it if it's on the passenger side. If it's on the driver's side, forget it. Like I can't even get in it anyway. So. Oh, oh, no. I <laughs> Is that even a way? Can you eat like is that like a one way street? I don't think I've ever parallel parked on the driver's side. For sure, I know for sure that there's been opportunities of trying to like parallel park on the on the driver's side, and I'm like, nope, this isn't going to happen. But I also think a lot of times those are more of um, uh, residential streets. Right, where like oh, everyone's okay. just parking all kinds of crazy. But if I were like on a like main street or whatever, I wouldn't. Although I will, I will say I see it. I see it happen. So I don't know. But we're terrible <laughs> drivers here anyway. So but I was. I mean, look, you can't be good at everything. So. <laughs> it's about driving, honestly, exactly. it's, it's not the most important skill. That's all. I'm How was your week? Um, it was good. It was good. You know, I actually. I told myself, I was like, okay, I am going to take care of my TBR. I'm going to put all my books that are, I need to read on one bookshelf. So I did. And I counted them. It's 106. And I was oh. like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But then I was like, all right, Olivia, do not buy any more books until you have read these. And also, um, you need to like really – I mean, don't even like buy or, or listen to anything from the library on that's not a book mm-hmm. that you already own, right? So what do I do? Um, I bought 10 more books this week. <laughs> <laughs> and why wouldn't you, honestly? I mean, it's a – you know what? It's a separate hobby from reading totally. them. So. <laughs> totally. Totally. It doesn't matter. You're just collecting them for the future. Yeah. So I think I like just got a little bit tipsy one night and all the books that had been sitting in my like cart that I'd moved out of the cart that are just like in the save for later all got back in and then I purchased them and I was like, well, that happened. <laughs> so yeah um, honestly that's me with target like halloween decor every uh, day this week i've purchased something from target online <laughs> i'm just looking and i'm like oh wait i just need one more thing like yeah. a super cute pillow oh but then also i want this wreath oh but also i want this inflatable every day and i'm like you know what? i could have just ordered it all together like be honest with myself you know yeah i mean sometimes you just have to be realistic about like look i'm just gonna spend this money i'm trying not to but it's just gonna happen so yeah, yeah no i uh i went a little crazy because there were some books that i was like all right, like Liv Constantine, for example. Love Liv Constantine mm-hmm. books. And I only ever, ever listened to them um, through Scribd or I have like a Kindle version. And I was like, but I love this author or this pair of authors. And I was like, oh, I really want to have physical copies. But then I was like, well, if I'm getting this one, I might as well get this one. Well, and I still haven't read that totally. one too. So then I ended up with three <laughs> books and I'm like, oh, I did it. Oh, all right, then I guess this is what I'm doing. <laughs> At least you admitted it to yourself. You're not yeah. like, you know what? Let's not kid ourselves. I'm yeah. going to buy all these books and it's a decision I'm making. Yeah, it's happening. So the hope is this weekend, my, my hope is like, I'm not going to write. I'm just, I'm taking a break from that all and I'm taking a break from everything in the house. I'm just going to read and I'm hoping to get through a couple of books this weekend and then I think I'll feel a lot better. You will. You'll be like, I've done so much. I deserve to buy more books. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm running out I of space. I mean, there's no more room on that shelf at all. I mean, buy another shelf, you know? I think, <laughs> I mean, it's probably going to happen, honestly. <laughs> It's fine. You always need more shelves. You can't have too many shelves. Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who is also an author. She's moving from New Jersey to Florida, and she was talking about how she has like four book, four boxes of books that weigh a hundred pounds each. And I'm like, I totally get that because I literally renewed our lease at our um, house that we're renting this year because mm-hmm. I told my husband, I was like, I, I don't want to move the books. I don't want to move the books. Right. It's just too much work right. to, to move them. Yeah, oh, crazy. 100- it's a lot of I mean that's a commitment it's like would I rather save money or do the manual labor to move my books like oh well no guess I'm just staying here (laughs) no that's that's extremely yeah relatable very to everybody (laughs) I think so too how many um unread books do you have um honestly I don't know that's a really good question I I try to be very specific about which books I keep Okay. So if I start a book, I don't like it, I'll get rid of it. Like okay. I won't, I usually won't keep it and come back. If I read a book and I love it, I'll keep it. Yep. If I read a book and I like it, it really depends. Like yeah. I, when we moved here, so we moved here probably, let's see, March, April, May, June, like five months ago. And I got rid of like a hundred books in that move. And so oh now gosh, yeah. I, 
probably it's it's a lot better but unread I don't know pro- I would say probably around like 30 or 40 only like okay. it's not a ton okay so you're like you stay pretty up on it then that's good I try like not to brag but my <laughs> net galley percentage is 92 percent so oh my gosh well <laughs> no wonder know. you get all of the books from the from the um, publishers <laughs> like I see you get them all the time I'm like dang it <laughs> how'd she get that yeah. <laughs> it's all about the percent all about the percentage they see that I read it and I really do I read it as quick as I can because once it piles up like I know I do have books here from a long time ago and Mm -hmm. I'm just not motivated to read them because I'm like well they've always been here and they always will be here but I have this shiny new book and I really want to read it right now exactly so well and I try to get through it that is how I end up with this like crazy pile of books that I have back here like the the shelf of them it's because well I'll also go on the binge binge buying sprees like I just did Mm -hmm. so then I'll buy like 10 15 books and then I'll read you know five of them or whatever and then the rest end up on the shelf for a while and it's yeah but I have the same kind of thing if if I love the book I keep it if I am so so on it I kind of put it in a pile for a while and think about it and then if Mm -hmm. I didn't like it it goes in the like I'm I'm going like I'll go drop them off at um the free little libraries or little free yeah. library things, or I'll go to like a secondhand bookstore and sell them and stuff. But yeah. yeah, no, I think that's smart because then when you have space, you can buy more books. <laughs> well, that and I, because for me, I also really like the idea of, so I love having a big library where friends can borrow books. Yeah. Um, and so my best friend and I, she just moved to the other side of the state, which was devastating because we were Aww. doing a constant book exchange and, and also just because she's gone. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, right. not just that because too. of books, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I love being able to have a big library where I can say like, oh yeah, I've got that. You can borrow it. You can borrow it. And that's fun for me. But at the same time, I want to make sure that the books that I have are like the books that I love right? Like just True. because then if I'm like, hey, you should read this book that I'm going to pull off my shelf. I like know it's a good one. Yes. But I mean, in a way, isn't that what this podcast kind of is? Yes. Is like <laughs> recommending books to friends and then being like, you should read this and here's why. Absolutely. Exactly. Which and that's why I love that like when we're picking out these books, we're picking out ones that we both like or that we know like this book is so good. Or we know this book isn't so good, but we're able to tell people like – why it's coming like why from you should. a reason yeah yeah like I I even if it's not a good book at least we can be like look at this book's the worst and here's why you might like it if you like this I didn't yeah. like it because I don't like this yeah that type of thing. well and then I think because there's so many different um tastes that are out there so some of the some thriller books have kind of a uh there I'll say that I've seen noticed a trend of thriller books have got go from being like a normal kind of murder mystery to some supernatural stuff. Like I don't want to call any out just because, you know, mm, I don't want to do spoilers. I know what you're – I know yeah. who you're such talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, and like that's not my favorite, but some people love it. Love yeah. it. So I think that that's where – that's what's valuable is that when you talk about books is – there's something for everybody. There is always yeah. a place for somebody to love a book that somebody else has written. Okay, super important change of topic. Do you watch Only Murders in the Building? I haven't yet. Olivia, <laughs> first of all, throw away anything you're ever doing and start watching it right now. Like, I just have 116 I'm, books I have to read. Literally, who cares? <laughs> this show, okay, there's two seasons. You can get through it fast. I think there's only like eight or ten episodes um, you know about it though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No, I totally I know what it is. I know what it's about. I know like my I have a lot of people who keep telling me I need to watch it too. And I'm always like, oh great. now I feel like I've gotten too hyped about it. <laughs> 
No, I don't think so. Okay. At, like season one, so good. So the season two finale was this week. Okay. Um. Oh, I okay. I'm sad you haven't watched it, so I can't like scream about it. But it was so good. I was like, okay. So the reason I brought it up is because there's a. It's all about a podcast. Oh. So it's it's people investigating a murder and also having a true crime podcast about them investigating. Okay. Anyway, okay, like kind of serial-ish? Kind of, yeah. Okay, okay. Exactly. And then there's a secondary podcast. There's a lot of pos- podcast elements, but <laughs> I thought it was interesting because the no, – I'm not going to give anything away, but like one of the themes was how true crime podcasts – can cross a line into being like unhelpful so and cause damage and get in the way of Mm -hmm. investigations or that people will go almost too far yeah when they're trying to create content so that was like so interesting to me because I kind of can understand like it makes sense to me that that's something that actually happens in real life I would Um, agree I'm I think it depends on because there's some podcasts out there where they've actually helped to solve crimes like um, what's yeah. his name Payne something and there was the the murder that happened in Georgia and she ended up in a pecan field. Is that sounding familiar to you? No, uh, it was a cold case. Um, I'll have to look up what the name of the podcast is. Um, but it, he like he and same thing with serial, but they were looking at cold cases. So right. I think when it's the active case, that's like real concerning. Yes, and sometimes I can see how. I mean, obviously, it's great entertainment. Like, have you listened to the podcast To Live and Die in L.A.? No. Mm-mm. Okay, I recommend it. Okay. Um, the first season was amazing. And it was like the host was kind of almost investigating as the case was happening, which oh. it can be kind of um, interesting to see if that helps or hurts. But the second the second season was about Elaine Park. Um, which is a woman who went missing around LA and it brought up like a lot of the same thoughts and questions because these podcast hosts and just kind of normal people are in like putting themselves into the investigation, making friends with the mom, like doing all of these things that I'm like, where's the line? Like it, I'm not saying they're not helping, but it's, it's just crazy how media crosses over into real life Mm -hmm. and you know, they'll be saying things like, oh, this person refused to comment. And I'm like, yeah, why would they comment? You know, like this yeah. is a podcast about their real life. And it, it's super interesting because it follows the case in real time. But it also brings up a lot of thoughts about where like what ours are is our obligation and how much should we get involved in people's actual personal emotional lives for our own entertainment. No, I agree. Because I think that there's benefits, right? Like there's crowdsourcing and things that can be really beneficial. But at the same time, I've I've heard recently, and I've kind of always thought this myself too, but there there's a fine line between telling a story um, and glorifying the the perpetrator as well as just forgetting what that can mean to the family and and how that it can impact them. So, I mean, we're both like big consumers of true crime, right? So I've listened to so many things. I've watched so many, so many different shows. And I think sometimes I do wonder, am I causing more harm by being interested in this? Or am I, is it like, is it okay but at the same time, there's the other, the flip side where I think there's been a, a long time of curiosity and people feeling like very interested about 
why this happens and who it happened to. And I think that there's some education that kind of comes out of it too for us to be safer. And it feels like that's been something that has been allowed to be like acceptable now versus like before it was like, oh, you're super weird that you would be, you know, listening to a murder show or whatever. Um, So I don't know. There's there's a lot kind of like wrapped up into it. Um, There really is. And it's like the more you think about it, the more complex it is. And so I just thought that was – it was super interesting. And I think that that will cause some people to have the same conclusion or at least that their own discussion in their mind about, you know, how we consume media and where the line is for that. Yeah. well, and yeah. I, so actually, so a couple things. One, the podcast I was mentioning about uh, Tara Grinstead, it's called Up and Vanished. Um, and so ah, season yes. one, he he does the investigation and um, kind of like brings it to light and then it gets solved. But one thing I did this week is I actually listened to the audiobook for um, the new book about Lori Vallow and Chad oh Daigle. Yeah. So was I listened- it for the um- – like Doomsday the, Mother? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so good. What's, what's it? I mean, I just – yeah, I just listened to it this week. It was really, really good. When the when the moon turns to blood, I think it's called. Oh, so it wasn't actual the one that was Doomsday Mother. It's a Oh, no. One. No, no, no. Yeah. So this is called When the Moon Turns to Blood, Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell, and A Story of Murder, Wild Faith, and End Times. Um, wow. It's written by Leah Sot- Sotil. So first of all, excellent book. So good. And um, they really talk about how, because if you know much about that case, like it's way more complicated than, yeah, right? Like it's so easy to go down rabbit holes for it. So it goes into kind of the backgrounds between Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and what they actually, Mm -hmm. what their lives were like up until the point where they met each other. And um, it talks a lot about Latter-day Saint or Mormon um, history. And so- Mm -hmm. From where, from the time where Joseph Smith kind of founded the the religion, to some of the persecution that the um, that the religion went through, to their own kind of mentalities that they have. Like at one point, there's like a offshoot that was like a um, like a militarized kind of version of it. There's a huge tie-in between um, that religion to the United States and the Constitution, or there was at some point. So it's just mm-hmm. it's super fascinating. Um, yeah, but I. Oh God, it was like, it was so good. And then they talk about how every, like how, when people were, when the kids were last seen and I didn't realize that they actually got married in November of 2019 in Hawaii. I thought they got married in February of 2020 in Hawaii, like right before they were arrested. So anywho, yeah, it's so, so it's super, super good. But the only thing I have to say is they are still, they haven't had the trials yet. Like Lori Vallow, I think has maybe just been determined to be competent to stand trial. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like this is very super relevant, super right now. But they yes. interviewed people in the family and stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't know exactly how Have I feel you, about this. So there's a podcast I that Dateline um put out called Mommy Doomsday about it. Have you listened to that? I have not. I recommend it if you're interested because they do a lot of interviews with the family mm-hmm. and like their experience of what happened. It's so interesting and it's like their perspective and it's it's kind of I th- I feel like it's very similar to the book, but it has like her actual family speaking on the podcast. Okay. So that's yeah. a, a recommendation if you like the book. And also, I saw they're coming out with a documentary on Netflix about it. Um, See, which I think all of those things, I so I love it, right? Like, I am down to hear the story, but it's not concluded yet. So what if – I know. What if – I don't think it's true. 
what if they're found not guilty? What if this no. has happened? And then they, I know I get, I am, I'm with you. Like a hundred percent they are, but no, the, the whole, happen. but well, I mean, Casey Anthony. So I'm just saying, I mean, I'm look, just saying, I'm no. just saying. <laughs> if you look at any information, it's physically impossible. Like, oh no, they definitely did it for there's sure. There's no way that that can't be, it's just but but the way our justice system works is they're innocent until proven guilty. So there is a possibility, it's however slim it may be, that they are proven as not guilty. And if that is the case, they've told this story now. So no, no yeah. matter what happens, they are like Casey Anthony and OJ Simpson, like they're guilty in the public eye, yeah. regardless if they are guilty or not in the justice system. So I think that's really, really fascinating about the way that true crime books, yeah. podcasts, shows come into current events because it I'm again like yes I think that they did it and I do think that this is accurate but it, they may not you, you know yeah it's just I don't know no it makes sense and I do think there are there's a line where like you said like public opinion goes too far where it's like you never had the chance to actually have your day in court you know mm-hmm. like you're found guilty by everyone already and I'm sure that that does happen yeah and that that is super unfortunate because it's like you don't have the opportunity to even be presumed innocent like you should be right right so I think that that is it's just a fascinating kind of change that I've noticed and you know it's it's not like I'm stopping consuming this stuff it's just a an awareness right like just bringing to an awareness of actually these people haven't been found guilty yet so while it's super clear that they totally did it like it still technically it's so I guess what I prefer uh shows podcasts entertainment and what have you of things that have already either been solved or long time not solved or you know like we talked about the Delphi murders right like I think that that is one that yeah we should we should talk about and think about because there's evidence of somebody as a person of interest that we can see um and so yeah crowdsourcing makes sense but where's to your point where's the line when it's not a completed uh story yet you know right it's like you have to say whatever that phrase is like presumed guilty or you know accused of this but you oh, don't alleged actually- yeah alleged yeah, yeah alleged. alleged but it's also like but you did it though right <laughs> yeah but like no we t- like it's super obvious <laughs> um, right right and if you didn't there is some real weird stuff going on that right. really needs to be uncovered. But yeah. Exactly. No, that's a good point. I will say though, um, if despite me saying that, if you are interested in that book, it's really, really good. And it doesn't just talk about the LDS faith. It does talk about other cults and um and not that LDS are a cult, but there are offshoots, right, that are cult-like. And um, so it's just it's just really interesting because of the the way that they had kind of manipulated their own beliefs um and changed it into something that was more cult-like. Like for example, she would have like Lori would have these calls with her friend and they would do um, they were like in their mind trying to kill her husband, Charles, like as he's driving a car. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, I'm so, uh, like so much energy towards it. Like I'm blinding him with my light and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that was a crazy train. Right. Like, did that work for you or yeah. any and, evidence that this is a thing? And all in the name of their religion, which is like that's at that point, like perverting it. I don't know. It's yeah. just like a whole it's fascinating. It's fascinating. We could probably do a whole episode on. I feel like a hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Moving on um, to the books. <laughs> yes. 
to books, a hundred percent. So should I just do my book now? Um, yeah. Or do we want to do pub day shout outs? I can oh, true. Just, sorry. And <laughs> also like super quick news shout out to Joe Biden for the student loan forgiveness. Um, the I'm fact excited. that people are getting ten to twenty thousand dollars, that is just huge. It's shocking that it happened. Like, to be honest, I know you see politicians run on things and you're like, cool, but like the fact that this is a possibility and what it opens up for potential for a lot of people who are still struggling mm-hmm. with like loan repayment is like it's amazing. Like yeah. I'm so shocked and especially I I don't know if you've seen the new Twitter um, I have I saw it on your page and then I went to Google to look at it more Um, oh my gosh it's so good like she was it was Megan Coyne and she was the manager of the New Jersey their Twitter and now I love that they're calling out the Congress people for their PPP loans that have so like Congress people complain like oh everyone shouldn't be forgiven from their loans and she's like yeah anyway you got a 1.2 million PPP loan forgiven so yeah yeah I love it I mean it's been really fascinating to see see that all come together but personally I am excited because like I could use that help for sure and excited that we got it uh, the student loans was extended out and I, I think it comes back to the whole debate around you know how are we setting up our future, like our, yeah. our kids, like our, for our future? Like we're automatically going into debt. So yeah, I think I know. And great. the fact that he's also creating a new law around DACA. I don't know if oh, you saw that. Oh, I haven't seen that, that, no. That's something that I've been a lot around a lot working in higher ed is working with students who are undocumented and people who qualify for DACA. So he's pretty much creating a new rule to protect people that are covered under DACA and can offer like work permits and protection from deportation. And that's also really cool and important because the fact that that was going away under the last president and now it's like it's important again is a huge deal. That's really cool. I hadn't seen that, but I am really glad to hear that. That's some good some good things are happening out there in the news. So going, transitioning to books, real quick before I go to pub day, um, I want to share with everybody that uh, my chapter of the Thrillers by the Book Club, uh, so the Seattle chapter, we are creating a Thrills and Chills Fall Bingo game. Uh, yeah so you can access it the bingo card will be on our instagram and the stories and in the highlights um and we'll share it too with the main um fillers by the book club page as well but essentially there's a lot of fun squares um and so we'll be playing from the beginning of fall so this goes up uh september 20th first day of fall is actually september 22nd but we'll probably have it up before then through december 21st and we've got squares that are like you know your most the most hyped plot twist or a paranormal or um a serial killer or set in your local area things like that so we've got some fun stuff that's on there just to get people excited about the fall season and all the thrills and chills because it's the best season for it so very excited love it yeah okay All right, so moving on to Pub Day. We've got a couple of great releases that are here. Uh, Shout out to Alan Eskins, who is releasing Forsaken Country, which is the sixth book in a mystery thriller series about a detective in Minnesota. We've got the, or it's just called Suspect by Scott Turo. That's a legal thriller. This one is Police Chief Lucia Gomez hires Rick Dudek after three male police officers accuse her of soliciting sex in exchange for 
promotions to higher ranks. Uh, Rick has a private investigator named Clarice Pinky Granham on the case. What? And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Pinky, okay. di- <laughs> Pinky dives headfirst into a twisted scandal that will draw her to the deepest recesses of the city's criminal networks as well as the human mind. I I was kind of excited about that. Um, a couple more. The Bullet That Missed by Ro- Richard Osman, which is the third in the Thursday Murder Club series. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. I'm these- getting that whole series in oh. the mail and I can't wait. They are, they're very charming, I will say. They're super charming. They're like kind of cozy, right? Yeah, they're definitely more on the cozy side. They're set in a retirement home. And the Thursday Murder Club is a group of seniors who investigate crimes. And it's cute. It's real adorable. Love it. Um, Sometimes People Die by Simon Stevenson. It's psychological thriller, medical thriller. When too many patients die under his watch, a troubled young doctor suspects murder and begs the question, who are the people we gift the power of life and death and what does it do to them? So that'll be interesting. And then the last one is a true crime novel. Speaking of true crime, uh, it's Mm -hmm. called Nothing But Night by Greg King and Penny Wilson. This is a story about the murder trial of Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb, (gasps) who were charged and convicted of a gruesome crime in Jazzy, Chicago. Leopold and Loeb, their story is so interesting. Yeah. So that's what this book is about. It's about, um, for those who don't know, these kids, uh, full of promise, they killed a 14-year-old boy named Bobby Franks for the thrill of it. The trial was even more sensational because of a revelation of an affair between the defendants and the defense attorney, Clarence Darrow, who delivered one of the most famous defense summations of all time. So Um, good. Yeah. It's so good. My Favorite Murder did an episode on them i don't know which episode it is but it was so so good and i was like this wow like i learned so much about them that i had no idea yeah it's it's uh i don't i haven't heard a lot about the story i feel like that like sounds vaguely familiar but i may have to find that um my favorite murder episode because i was like yes and then so yes nothing but night by greg king and penny wilson um, so congratulations to all of these authors and their books coming out today on September 20th. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> all right. Now let's dive into the books. Okay. Um, do you want me to go or would you like to go? Go ahead. Okay. So my book for today is The Woman Inside by E.G. Scott, um, which is actually a pseudonym for two people, which is Elizabeth Keenan and Greg Wands. Okay. Um, you may, this is a backlist book. So it's from January, 2019. Um, but they did just come out with a brand new book in August, 2022 called the rule of three. Um, Mm -hmm. and I actually got that book today, which is super exciting. So I believe it comes out next week in this timeline <laughs> in August in Aug- or Wait. this week. No, I, it came out. It comes, came out already. I think, I, did it come out this I, week? Or, I don't know. Whenever, just recently in the last two weeks, I think, because I ordered it. I went to um, Vanessa Lilly on Instagram. Uh, she's also a thriller author, but she hosts a, on Monday nights, Twas the Night Before Book Launch. Um, and so she had oh, them on fun. there and they were doing an interview and uh, I was like immediately purchase. So I got that on right. Audible. Well, this book, yeah. So I I was actually like super highly recommended this book a while ago and I bought it and then I forgot to read it, of course. (laughs) But I saw it on my shelf now that I'm just stuck here at home and I was like, okay, it's time to read The Woman Inside. And the person who recommended it to me told me it's a super interesting psychological thriller. Um, And so that's since that's 
pretty much my favorite subgenre. I was like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. So this book is about Rebecca and Paul, who are this, they seem like the perfect couple, um, but they both have a lot of secrets. They both are not perfect at all. This is 20, the book is set 20 years after they're married. So it's been a while and the secrets are just building up. One very interesting aspect is that Rebecca has a um, opioid addiction and she's a pharmaceutical salesperson and oh, with the pill addiction. So I'm like, <laughs> right. And it's super interesting because you don't read about that in, in books very often, actually. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more like, oh, this person's an alcoholic, but you don't hear much about the opioid crisis. So that was interesting. Right. Um, and then Paul um, has cheated on Rebecca a bunch and she, knows about it so lots of issues and his so his most recent affair has gone wrong obviously and his mistress now is like obsessed with him and stalking (laughs) both of them and while this is all happening Rebecca finds out that Paul has this plan to start a new life without her so she realizes like all the money from their joint bank account has been taken out he has like all of these things that she finds where it's like he's planning on leaving her taking all the money and she just loses her mind she starts spiraling taking like a ton of pills and then she gets mad and so she wants to come up with a plot to obviously make sure this doesn't happen because she's like I don't deserve this I put up with your cheating yeah I've put up with everything you've done I don't want you to take all my money yeah so that was pretty much the premise um and the main the main characters are just Paul and Rebecca and the mistress Sheila um but there's a lot of different perspectives in the book including one that I didn't mention that is an important one that comes into play okay um it is set in a like suburban neighborhood in Long Island and as I was reading it I really had a lot of thoughts about um desperate housewives it felt like that (laughs) type of vibe which I loved that show that show was so good yeah because it's like fun and mysterious there's a murder but it's full of drama and that's really how I felt this book was it was dramatic and fun so something that I think is always impressive is when an author or authors can write characters that are annoying and unlikable but you still like to read about them and that's what this book was like Rebecca I was like so just stop just stop you know and Paul just stop but you just get so mad yeah but it was still interesting to read about chaos was fun okay so I I liked that it was very chaotic there was tons of point of views um the narrators are all unreliable (laughs) and they mislead you as you're reading so you're reading you're like huh interesting and then in the next chapter it's like yeah that didn't happen and I'm like wait what what? (laughs) I don't understand but the fact that she does have a pill addiction means she's not super reliable and Paul is a liar so he just lies to the reader which is kind of fun like I felt like this been a movie which actually makes sense because one of the authors is a screenwriter so yeah well that would make sense then right like it's very cinematic um and fun and it was pretty a pretty easy read so what I thought worked really well in the book was there's a a lot of fun banter um, that was like witty and quick, which I always enjoy in a book, and very interesting inner monologue, especially Rebecca when she w- when you saw her thoughts. I was like, even though you're crazy, I kind of agree with you <laughs> in a way. <laughs> so that was fun when someone's like a witty narrator and. I really enjoyed the perspective on the opioid crisis and the author made a lot of really good points about how it affects everybody and it could affect anyone. And 
it was it's a perspective that you don't see a lot and so I did really enjoy that and it was also I mean it was an interesting story the thing that I didn't really love about it is that I found it pretty obvious which I mean that doesn't mean anything for normal people but since I read so many thrillers (laughs) I was just like this is so predictable you know I knew there was only one way this book was going to end from the beginning I was like oh yeah obviously and the authors did a really good job trying to kind of throw in red herrings but I thought it was very obvious but I kind of skimmed through what people were saying on Goodreads and a lot of people said it was they were surprised okay so I'm I think the majority was surprised so for me I think the thing is too so I sorry Jennifer Hillier said this one time I saw her speaking but she said you know because thriller readers in particular are so smart and we're just like we're always looking for where the where the red herring is like we're guessing what it is the whole time trying to solve it so I think that there's something to be said about even if you if it's predictable is it satisfying and to me it sounds like based on what you're saying it was satisfying because you still enjoyed it right exactly I still enjoyed it. I rated it 3.5 stars. And I think I would have rated it a little higher if I was surprised. But for mm-hmm. the writing was great. And the content was great. And it was a really good idea. Trigger warnings is drugs, gaslighting, adultery, murder, you know, same old. Um, <laughs> the normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And books that I thought were similar, I, I thought anything really with an unreliable, super unreliable narrator, like the girl on the train mm-hmm. or the woman in the window um, would be similar because it's, it's kind of a skewed perspective. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it was good. I like that. So based on what you're saying too, another good unreliable narrator is um, Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney. It's a True. good one. And when you were talking, I was thinking about Long Bright River by Liz Moore because that's very around the op- opioid uh, uh-huh. addiction. Okay. Well, I'm going to add that to my list because it sounds good. Oh, it was. And I'm going to read the rule of three right now, like soon because yeah. they're they're very dynamic and they're great writers. That's fantastic. So I'm going to do something a little bit different today because I'm going to be talking about the second book in a detective series. And it's the first book is really good, but the second book blew me away. So this is called Last One Alive by Karine Nordine. It is a Nordic noir, which is usually not not my favorite genre, but I will tell you, these are real good. These are very good. I love that. So it was released September 15th, 2021. Paperback is 389 pages. Audio is 11 hours. And um, I listened to it on audio. It was the the, um, narrator's fantastic. Okay, so this book is, it's about a detective. His name is Kjeld Nygaard. Um, And by the way, if I say any of these uh, Scandinavian names wrong, I'm sorry because I probably will, but I tried. They are really hard. They're so hard. Uh, but I something interesting I learned about Scandinavian names is that a lot of them end in the the word for daughter. So I thought that or son because it's literally saying this person's daughter, like oh, Carol's yeah. daughter, or you know whatever it is. So I that made once I knew that I was like, oh, that makes sense. But yeah. there's a lot of interesting symbols, and I'm like, how do you pronounce? Yeah, I was like this? I don't know. So I will say part of the reason I was excited about listening to it on an audiobook is because then I was like, okay, now I can know how to say these things. True. <laughs> okay, so. Detective killed Nigard. He is he's called to a familiar house after a burnt body is discovered inside. Turns out it's familiar because that's the house where he saved a victim of a now dead serial killer. But that burnt Ooh. body, that's the woman he rescued the first time. <gasps> no. Yep. And then another survivor from another case is also found dead in the same place he rescued them from. So what? 
Yeah, right? So Kild is he has a partner named Esme. Um, they're now on the hunt for someone who's taking revenge against Kild by killing his survivors. <laughs> That's messed up. Oh That's honestly messed up. It is messed up, but it's it's so good. Um, sounds so good. So the B plot in this book is about Kild himself. So in the first book, and they, they were published pretty close together, um, but in the first book, he solves a family crime in his hometown. Um, so now he's like doing this whole thing where he's trying to refocus himself on dedicating himself to his uh his family. So his daughter, Tuve, and he hopes to reignite his romance with his ex-husband, Bent. And Bent has moved on to a new partner named Liam, but Liam may not be all that he seems. I really, so like there's all sorts of dynamics between there's like a serial killer and a detective plot that they're chasing. And then there's like some domestic suspense kind of thing going on with Liam and Bent and Tuve. Um, So I love this book. The writing is excellent. And what I appreciate is that the author really brought me into the setting. It's set in Gothenburg, Sweden. And I hope that is the right place um but somewhere <laughs> over there um love it yeah so the first one is called where ravens roost and that one is just it's more about the family investigation and so this one i really loved getting to see killed at work i do will say i do highly recommend the first book uh killed has to prove that his father who has alzheimer's is not a killer after he discovers a, um, a body in the family barn so that was really good but this one was even better part of then here's another interesting twist part of the uh killed's backstory is that he was partnered with a, for a long time with a man named Nils who turned out to be a serial killer that killed ended up shooting. So there's just like a lot of drama. So there was this police yes, detective that was a police detective with a serial killer like partnered. And yeah, so many things. What I also really liked about this is that I was convinced. I was convinced the killer was one person. And even when it seemed like it wasn't going to be that person, I was like, nope, it's this person. Like I like I know <laughs> it is. Nope, completely wrong. Um, Up until the moment the killer was revealed, I didn't guess who they were and I was like you know what that was good um, yeah so it was really good uh, so killed is the main character uh, Esme Jansen or Janssen I'm sure I'm saying it wrong partner um, so that's who ends up being put in charge of the investigation um, of these new deaths and she has to deal with a lot of misogyny and drama that comes with that so it's pretty interesting it is multiple point of view so we also get Esme's point of view we get Bent's point of view the ex-husband trigger warnings on this would be violence uh, some not it's not graphic graphic but I mean, it's definitely some murders um, and some gaslighting that happens. And then if you were to also read in Where, Where Ravens Roost, which I also uh, enjoy, that is a very realistic depiction of Alzheimer's. So if you are like yeah. me, who has a family member that has that, that was like a little bit like, whew, that was a tough one. Um, yeah. Maybe it's why I like the second one a little bit more. Favorite part was that the twist, I didn't see it coming. It was super atmospheric, though. Good mystery. Multiple deaths. Love the serial killer. Um, I cannot wait until this author comes out with the next book in the series because I really, really, really want a book about Niels, his former partner and the, the serial yeah. killer. I want to see that. So I rated it five stars and similar books. Um, I mostly just chose uh, Nordic Noir that I've read, which is sure. Chestnut Man by Soren Svistrup. Yep. Yeah. Nailed it. Yep. Great. Um, pretty much anything by Joe Nesbo. Not going to be great yeah. on, this, on the recommendations on this one. Although it also yeah. gave me a bit of a uh, bit on like Criminal Minds, the e evolution of Frank. There was like something about that that also just kind of like tied in for me. Like there's an episode of Criminal Minds that I was mm. like, hmm. Interesting. This kind of feel like goes in with it. I think it's around like the, the serial killers and like the way that everything kind of like works out. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. I I honestly really like Nord- Nordic Noir. Like, I know it's definitely not for everybody. And yeah. it's a hit and miss type genre for a lot of people. But I think it's great. Like, I love how dark it is. Mm-hmm. And the way it's like every book is atmospheric and chilling and yeah. damp. And you can just feel the atmosphere. I think that's so great. And this book sounds really, really good. Yeah, it is. Again, so it's Last One Alive by Karin Nordine. Um, and it's spelled K-A-R-I-N. So, and loved it. I cannot wait for the next one, but definitely recommend this. I don't, it's not going to be available in like bookstores in the U.S. So you're going to have to order it online. Um, But hopefully we'll start, we'll see it again in the future coming out in the U.S. But I've seen that a lot with like books from Icelandic Mm -hmm. authors or different authors um, that they, their books are translated and published in English like 10 years later. Yeah. Or like six years later. So there's definitely hope as well that it'll come over here because that's been happening a lot recently. Recently, I feel like. Yeah, I um, agree. And so, well, I bought this on Book Depository, which is great yeah. because they have a lot of, I love to go there if there's a book that has like a UK cover that I like better than the US one, or right. in this case, was to buy this. It's available on Amazon now. Um, and I got the audiobook on Scribd, 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 not sure what it's, what, uh, how you say that one either. I want to say it's Scribd, honestly. I like okay. it. That's how I imagine it. Okay. Yeah. Lo- <laughs> I love that app, by the way. Like it's, I do too. It's, so worth it because anytime I want something from the library and it like takes too long, it's usually available on there. So anyway, those were that was my book recommendation. Kind of a twofer on that, but really enjoy them. Yay. Love yeah. it. Okay. Well, that was a really good chat. I'm excited about um, checking out the books. I... I think now you've got me, even though I just bought a whole bunch of books, I feel like I'm going to need to read. Um, no, 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 no. Don't do it. Just tell me the ones you want and I'll send them to you. Look, no. <laughs> you need to focus on watching Only Murders in the Building. So stop thinking okay. about reading. Okay. Honestly. You know what? Fair enough. Okay. That'll be yeah. my plan. I am going to commit to Only Murders in the Building. We can Thank talk you. about it next week. Great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> even just watch one episode and then you won't be able to stop because it's so good. It's so good. So okay. Good. I'll get off my criminal minds like jaunt that I'm on right now and just <laughs> switch over. It. Just pause it, yeah. try one episode and then just tell me what you think. And then if okay. you hate it, then we'll just never record a podcast together again. And we'll <laughs> then the done. Over. Yeah. No, I'm Which sure I'm going to love it because I mean, as Steve <laughs> Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Hi. I love right? all three of them. So. <laughs> oh, wait till season two. There's someone else. Okay. I'm not to spoil it, but there's someone else. Okay. Well, you may have convinced me. Maybe that's what I'm going to start doing tonight then. Get a little wine. Get a little uh, murders in the Murder. building. I mean, yeah. that's the best way to unwind on a Friday night. It's the perfect pairing, honestly. <laughs> what more could you ask for? Exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us. And um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, tell your friends. We'd love to. Tell us how much you love us. Yeah. We'll take all your compliments. We love compliments. So Absolutely. So. Yeah, come find us on Instagram. We're always there. We literally are. (laughs) Have a fantastic day slash night. Bye. Bye.